Hi, I'm Allison Berger and I'm Fun Size. I've always believed that no one's ever gonna fight for you as much as you fight for you. But there's the rare occasion where they want someone small and I'm like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are so lucky that I am Fun Size because if you hired someone of a different stature, they would not be able to do this right now. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Fun Size Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten, and I am beyond excited to introduce you to yet another petite powerhouse who is making big waves in the entertainment industry. Her name is Allison Berger, and she likes to refer to herself as Fun Sized, which I just think is so fun. Um, and what a coincidence, because I do too. She is a five foot on camera host, actress, model, and content creator, and her larger than life personality shines both on and off the camera. In this episode, we're going to talk about how she got started in the entertainment industry, what inspires her to create content, and the secrets behind her success. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, Allison. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. For my first podcast recording ever, it is an honor to be with a fellow fun size friend. <laughs> I can't believe it's your first one ever with all the content that you've done and we're going to dive into all of it, um, but it's just kind of an amazing thing and I've honored myself to be that first one to kind of pop the cherry there. So um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and not just what you do? Like, Tell us who Allison Berger is. <laughs> So uh, I like to think I'm a boatload of fun. Um, I am currently in Tampa, Florida. I've been here for a year now from New York. I grew up around the tri-state. Um, I went to Arizona State for college. Where in New York? New York City. I know you're from Long Island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. <laughs> I also lived in Florida for quite some time too. So I get it. Yeah. And I haven't been over to St. Augustine yet. Oh, so we'll you have, have to pick your brain about that later. Yeah. Um, but so it's been fun living in Florida and exploring. I never thought I'd live here. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I probably would have never left New York. So it's been a bit of an adjustment, but we're having a good time and I'm pretty happy with how things are going. <laughs> yeah. So you went to Arizona State, you said? I did. And that's really where Fun Size was born. Growing up, I never really thought I was short <laughs> and didn't happen until I went to college and people were like, wow, like you're really small. And like there were tall people in my high school growing up, but I guess all my friends were around the same height as me. And so it never was like a big deal. And then in college, it was like, wow, like you're small. <laughs> And uh, that's kind of like where it all started. Yeah, that's interesting. I usually always ask that question, like, were you a shorty like growing up or did you just like stop growing at some point? Because it's always interesting how we're all a little bit different in that. And um, I'm curious if you ever saw it as a limitation in college, like once you were aware of it, was there ever a time where you were like, oh man, I can't do that thing because I'm short? No. And thankfully, you know, like when you want to go on rides or stuff, like 
I always like hit that mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny in New York, there was a Pel there's a Peloton studio that you could go to classes in person. And like, they have a thing with the measurements for you to see if you are the height requirement to go on the bikes. And one day I was like, oh my God, I, I almost missed the mark. <laughs> Who would have ever thought you were too short to be on a Peloton? But uh, I do remember the moment that I did I was told I'm, I'm like done growing, but I was 4'11 for the longest time. And then I grew that extra inch to being five foot even. And I was like, thank goodness. Like, this is exactly what I wanted. It was like a good, good, good flat note, you know, like, yeah, I'm five feet. I like that. I'm five feet exactly too. And I've always thought the same thing. I'm like, as long as I'm not 4'11, as long as I'm not 4'11, not that 4'11 right? is a bad thing, but I don't know if like, it's just like getting over that hump to the five. It's just like such an accomplishment. It really is. That's a perfect way to put it. It really is an accomplishment. <laughs> and then that was it. So we, we hit, we hit it, we accomplished it, we're done <laughs> and we're fun size. Yeah. So how old were you when you started creating content? Like, was this something that you've been doing for forever, as long as you can remember, or is it something that started in college? It definitely started in college uh, because, so I was working for Arizona State's online television station, which is called the State Press. And I started working with them and creating video content for the channel. And one of the videos we did they said, okay, say your name and a, and a fun fact about yourself. So I said, hi, I'm Allison Berger and I'm fun size and it just stuck. And so that's kind of when I started hosting and I was studying acting in college and I knew I wanted to be involved in the industry to some extent, but I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And I never really knew of hosting. Like I knew of broadcast journalism and going to be a reporter and I really didn't want to talk about news. So it, it was just like it fell into my lap of hosting and it was really enjoyable. Like I would cover the events that would happen on campus and interview the celebrities. Like the first celebrities I interviewed were the Wayans brothers because they came to do a show on campus. And the video is funny because I get them to make fun of me for being fun sized and like in their white chicks, like persona. <laughs> and it was just so much fun. And, but the best thing is looking back on that and seeing how much I've grown and got better from. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Some of that footage is so cringy at this point, but I'm like, I'm so glad I have it to look back on and be like, I've come so far. Yeah, I can relate having been doing the podcast for four years now. It's like, but I listened to the first episodes. I'm like, oh, cringeworthy. And like the first episode is like the most listened to one. I'm like, please stop listening to that one. <laughs> but that's an amazing thing because if you didn't look back and see that growth, then you'd probably be disappointed. You know, oh, like for that's sure. Such an amazing thing. Yeah, it's such a, such a mindset thing. But cool. So you took classes, you did all that. Um, how did you like get started outside of college? Like, was there anything that just, I don't know, I'll, I'll let you tell. <laughs> um, so after college, I went back to New York and I really, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, but even before that, I had the mindset of, I wanted to know everything about production and the industry 
So I've worked behind the scenes as much as I've worked on camera. And it's just helped me in the moments in between gigs when I haven't um, been talent. You know, I could take a production assistant job and um, I've worked for VH1 when VH1 did music. And so I really had my hands in all different doors so that I was always able to be doing something. And um, I just kind of kept going until... I was really known for being a host and there were production companies that I worked for straight out of college and I was a PA production assistant for them and they knew I wanted to be talent and what I do it's hard like people need to have the project for me so it took them a while but finally they were able to use me for something as a host and it was just an amazing experience because they knew me from when I started out and we were finally were able to work together in this facet that I really enjoyed being a part of um it's just a different different way of being involved in the industry and it's just always fun because it's something different what do you mean by having to have a project for you? So <laughs> my world works where like a company has to have, you know, a commercial in mind or an advertisement idea and they need to find the talent to hire them. So like it's a chain chain of events. So it's like an ad agency or a production company or someone gets in touch with with an idea and it's like okay we need a, a person of this caliber of this type of look okay we need to go find them so I'm always on the hunt for where they're looking for those people and I'm submitting myself for these projects to either audition or they hire me off of my past experience and then that's how the job happens. So you're constantly on the lookout or do you have someone now who's looking for you? Uh, both. Um, I, I've worked with talent agents, uh, but I've always believed that no one's ever going to fight for you as much as you fight for you. So mm -hmm. I take that mindset and I just go for it. And I'm, I'm always looking for work is as much work as having the job. And that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. And do you feel like there are a lot of opportunities with you being short, like, or do you feel like there's times where they're looking for tall models or actresses and whatnot? Oh yeah. Like I, so the entertainment industry can be so specific. They can, right. you know, they can want a gray balding African-American overweight human being, you know, and they can be that specific. So there's plenty of times there's jobs where they were like, five, six and over or five, three. And, but there's the rare occasion where they want someone small and I'm like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's definitely been an, an issue at times. The same thing with social media following. There were times I couldn't even get to an audition because I didn't have enough followers. And it would be really frustrating because I would feel like I had the skill set and the talent to be hired just because I didn't have a following and I didn't get the chance. So there's plenty of ways that I get rejected beyond just my fun size size. How do you deal with rejection? Well, I deal with it every single day of my life because I'm constantly submitting for jobs. So if I don't hear back from someone, like I didn't get it. So basically it's having the mindset that it's not me that they don't want. It's I'm not what they're looking for, for this job. How long has it taken you to get to that point? And what do you do 
or what have you done to get there? Uh, I mean, it's still, I still have moments where like, you know, I have tough skin, but like it eats at me after a while. It's like, all right, why am I not getting booked for something? It's been too long, but I think it's always a work in progress. And I'm sure when I was first starting out, it bothered me more, but maybe I didn't know as much because I didn't know as many opportunities or I wasn't as known. So how do I deal with it? Uh, you know, a good cry always helps. <laughs> do you journal or do you have a therapist, anything like that? I definitely journal. Um, I think talking through it is always helpful. I It's really just the mindset and just realizing it's it's not me personally. It's just not right for this time. And then mm-hmm. just realizing that's what it is and you just got to move forward. Yeah. And I'm sure it's like, the more you get rejected, the tougher your skin gets and the the more you can handle it moving forward. And yeah, it's like a, it's like a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Without a doubt. So after like low key stalking you and going through all of your social channels, um, you just like, you cover a lot of territory. I don't know exactly. Like, do you refer to it as medium? Like, I don't, I'm not really sure. Cause you model, you do advertisements, um, you do travel vlogs, like there's just so much stuff. Can you tell us like all of the things that you do and like what your bread and butter is? So my bread and butter is definitely the work that I do in the entertainment industry, the uh, hosting, the acting, the modeling, the content creation is really like passion projects that I do on the side and just something from I started it because I wanted something to do for me in between gigs and just to keep building up upon my brand and just putting myself out there and letting people know, you know, who I am and what I'm capable of doing. Um, I, I like mm-hmm. to say that any part of my body that I can appropriately make money off of, I have done it. So um, I've done hair modeling, I've done hand modeling, I do shoe modeling, um, my face is my, my, my model. So I've done it all because you have to be as versatile as possible in this industry. And I never want to be pigeonheld into one category. And that's also part of why I've never been only a sports host or only a fashion host. Like I've covered such a gamut of topics because I want to be able to do it all. Yeah. I love that. I, especially like when I came across the shoe modeling thing, I was like, oh my God, mind blown. Cause I never thought that they use a size six. Like, I think I knew that like every time you go to like DSW or any of the shoe stores, like the, the one that's always on display is a size six. And so when you said that on one of your YouTube videos, I was just like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like all of us petite girls could have shoe models all these years. Yeah. Well, the same way that they have fit models for clothing so that they know how to make the clothes properly, they do the same thing for shoes. And so when I found out that I could be a shoe model because I am a size six and that's what uh, sample sizes are, I was like, I am getting on this horse as soon as possible. And it was a great thing for me to do in between acting jobs, because in New York, there are four shoe shows a year. And so they need models in the showroom during their sales presentation because a shoe always looks better on a foot than if you were just holding it. And so that is what I would do. And it would be for a week, four times a year. That's fun. So I have a lot of shoes. 
<laughs> Do you get to keep on that you model? Um, no, but sometimes the brands would have extra pairs of samples of shoes that weren't getting actually made. And so those they would sometimes give to the models. And that's where part of my collection has come from. Nice. That's a that's a good perk. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. As long as you're not strictly being paid via clothing and items like. Right. No trade bargaining in this scenario. <laughs> right. <laughs> is there any genre that you haven't done yet or still want to do? I want to get more into travel videos. Um, I've been doing that on my own, but I want to be hired to do other people's travel videos, especially since tourism mm -hmm. is so popular here in Florida. That's uh my next thing that I want to start getting more involved with. That's fun. I can't like sit still. Like I need to always be doing something and finding new places. And so I like, I want to appreciate what's in my backyard. You know, I always did that even in New York. I was like, I need to go to the museums. I need to go see the Statue of Liberty. Like I need to take advantage of what's at my fingertips. And that's always really important to me. And so I'm, I'm bringing that down to Florida with me, the same type of mindset. Are you tired of scrolling the gram for your next workout? Or maybe you just wish you had an ongoing, easy to follow, short girl friendly workout program that you can actually rely on. If that's where you're finding yourself today, then you would really enjoy the Fun Size Fitness app. Inside the app, you'll find a new workout program every month where each exercise is accompanied by a video demonstration performed by a petite. You'll also be able to easily log the weights and the reps that you do so that you can keep making progress week to week. And you'll be able to message me directly at any time if you need help. Here's what three different petite ladies have to say about this app. First one is, I love that the app keeps me consistent with a plan versus winging it whenever I go to the gym. The second, it's a game changer to have a new plan in place every month. And last but not least, I love that it allows me to use new equipment and feel more comfortable about doing new exercises. You can learn more about the FunSize Fitness app and how to download it at funsize.life app. I'd love to hear more about the 18 episode fun size vlog that you have on YouTube. Um, I started going through them and they're so fun and cute, but I want to know like what inspired you to do that and go down that route. So friends of mine were always telling me you need to be creating your own content. You should be putting out your own videos. And we always discuss the different topics that I should be doing them on. And I kept thinking, okay, what can I create easily and like film a bunch at a time and put them together myself so I don't have to depend on anyone else and make it a whole big production. And I was like, well, I always talk about being fun sized and I know about being fun sized and being short. So this would be really easy for me to put together. Uh, so that's how it started. And I kept doing it for like a good amount of time, like 18, I guess I did 18 videos. <laughs> and I kept doing it until a full-time job position came available. And that's what kind of put, put it on a halt. And then I unfortunately never really got back to it. But every so often I'll do like a fun size video. Like when I first moved into my Tampa apartment, I have three step stools in different parts of the apartment. And literally filmed me going into different places and showing how important it is to have step stools everywhere because I, I literally can't reach anything. 
I have them in like all of my closets, the same thing where it's like, I need them everywhere. Cause you never know when you need the thing that's way up high. Exactly. And people think like, Oh, you know, put stuff up really high. That's you don't, you're not going to need it. You don't have to go up there. And of course you always need it, but then you need it and you have no tall person to help you. And then you're climbing on countertops and just having to figure it out. Oh my God. It's so true. What do you, what are some of the like fun stories you have about being short on set? Like, are you constantly on a platform box? Like I'm sure there's something. Yeah. So on TV sets or commercial sets, they call it an apple box. And it's basically just like a crate that you would like think to carry apples in, but it's made for sets in particular. And they're just made to help level things out. And rarely does a shoot go by that I'm not on an apple box. And uh, it's just like a way of the world. Like the cameras can always adjust, but I always end up on an apple box. I was even in a, a Spirit Airlines commercial recently, and they had me sit on the apple box so that I was at the same eye level as my husband sitting next to me. And my feet couldn't touch the ground. And it's like, this is so typical. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm still not high enough for, you know, the scene, but it, ha- it happens on a regular basis. Yeah. I saw the one that you were doing at the zoo and you were on a box with your kid. Um, and I was just, I was dying. Cause I think you said something in there and you're like, yeah, I'm now at that age where I can be a mom. <laughs> just dying because I'm like oh my gosh like right they well they gave me a 10 year old daughter who was practically as tall as me and I'm like this is not I do not look like her mother like I look like her her sister (laughs) and and her real mother was at the shoot and it was just hysterical and it was really funny but the other um short thing that helps on set is I had to do Um, I was doing how-to instructional videos for a faucet manufacturer and they had me have to go underneath like a kitchen sink. And I'm like, you guys are so lucky that I am fun size because if you hired someone of a different stature, they would not be able to do this right now. (laughs) So it's, it's played, it's played, it's a good role both ways. Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) like you just never know what type of scenario you're gonna get put into where yeah I guess not (laughs) (laughs) but it it just makes it fun and you know most of the people on set they're like what do you mean fun size like what is this and like some people don't get it at first like Mm. they they don't they most of the time people do their research and they go to my website and they see that you know fun size is everywhere And other people are like, what is she talking about? (laughs) That's yeah, that's great. Do you ever have like camera shy days or days where you're like not feeling it? I think when I first show up to any set where it's a new crew of people and I don't know them and uh, it's our first time all working together, there's definitely nerves and jitters because you have to get to a level of comfort and, you know, they may have expectations of, your performance level and you want, you just want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable and you do it. And I do a good job. So I think those jitters definitely still happen every once in a while, but I've definitely gotten more comfortable over the years of doing it. And even auditioning has gotten easier. When I first started out and would go into these New York city 
studios for castings and it's intimidating. You're, you could be in front of a, like a table filled with people and you're doing a performance. And I got to the point where I would walk in and I would tell everyone, I go, okay, let's pretend you already booked me for this. And we're already on set, like hair and makeup already did last looks like we're in the moment. And that was kind of a way of me calming down because of the mindset. And thankfully like that has bypassed over the years. I don't have to do that anymore, but also in-person castings don't happen as often anymore or at all. So I definitely have had nerves and jitters and concerns when I was first starting out. And thankfully they've, they've calmed a little bit. Like I was even nervous for this a little bit this morning. Cause I was like, I've never done this before. I don't know what to expect. And it's just that idea of it's something brand new and you're around new people. And then you just have to realize, okay, you got this. <laughs> Yeah. And then it always feels good once it's over. It's like, yeah, I accomplished another thing and it's, it's fun. Yeah. And then you want to do it again. And you're like, where is everyone? <laughs> yeah. When it comes to creating your own content though, do you tend to batch things or do you kind of like do it whenever, or do you have a schedule that you stick to? For creating my own content, it, it varies because it depends on my schedule and how things are flowing. I haven't really done a series the way I did the fun size video vlog uh, in a very long time. So you've been busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it depends on what's going on in my life and what I'm doing. I try to have as much as possible, but you know, sometimes your personal life gets in the way and that has to take precedence. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that and kind of like the work-life balance um, and any like pressures that you might feel of like constantly being ready, um, makeup done, hair done kind of thing. Like, do you ever have days where you're like, I am off. I am just like, I'm not doing anything related to content or are you just like so camera hungry, I guess, and just ready all the time? I definitely wouldn't say I'm ready all the time. I definitely like to separate when I can. Um, I think there's definitely this idea that you should always be present on social media to keep your audience engaged. And I think when I was first on it, I definitely felt those pressures, but I've eased up over the years. And, you know, I don't care anymore if I post a photo of me without any makeup or like I'm in like a schlumpy t-shirt. Like if I'm just being me, I, I don't have those qualms anymore. Like I just, I'm just being me, but I definitely have felt mm -hmm. the uh, pressure at times of, you know, you're not going to grow an audience unless you share every single thing you're doing throughout your day. And that's just not me. Like I like having my own life and personal life. And I it's still me what I put out on the internet, but it's definitely curated to an extent of what I want to share. I used to not post about my friends. I wouldn't post family. Like I keep it all off the grid and I've eased up a little bit. Like I'll post some friends, but maybe like I'll hide their tag just because they're not in this world. So I want to protect their privacy, but there's definitely always been that balance of, okay, I, this is what I'm doing for work and this is my life and I'm not putting that on the internet and keeping it separate. Do you think it's hard or do you like, do you just have a natural flow now? 
I still struggle with it at times, especially with like how TikTok's been booming and TikTok is a very uh, raw form of content. And, you know, they just want you to post whatever and it's not as uh, highly edited the way Instagram is. And so I think I still go back and forth. Like, do I want to post this? Is this safe to post? I mean, we both grew up at a time when Facebook was first coming out and people, I'm sure your parents did this because mine did. They were like, be careful what you put on Facebook. Like people aren't going to want to hire you after college if you post bad things. And like in today's world, everything's on the internet. Like I can't imagine growing up in in today's world and like everything you're putting on the internet from high school or earlier. And there's not that same type of pressure today. If you're getting blacked out and posting about partying on call in, when you're in college, you're getting on billboards and modeling campaigns. Like it, it's wild. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that we did not have all of that social media, like in high school or college, I think there would be, so much more cringeworthy things <laughs> that I would not want to look at. Um, but yeah, like it's, it is crazy how like you, you can go one of two ways with that. Like you can have just really awful content from being a hooligan, but you could also start your career at like 14 if you are serious enough about like what you're putting out there on YouTube. So it's a, it's a crazy world we live in. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Do you kind of wish that you had something like YouTube when you were younger or? I think everything's happened the way it's supposed to. Like, I'm glad I just got to enjoy being a kid. And um, like, I started my YouTube channel in 2008 or nine. And like, that was still like, kind of early, but I wasn't like a crazy YouTuber. I wasn't posting every week. And that was when I was in college and working for ASU State Press. And so I was basically sharing my content for, for the state press on my YouTube channel and starting to build that. And I definitely gained opportunities in college from that. And that helped me. But I think it all worked out the way it was supposed to. Like, sure, I could have been, could have, should have, would have done yeah. more things and, you know, it happened. It just happened the way it was supposed to. That's that's the best way to look at it. I love that. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who wants to do what you do? Do your research. Learn what you like and don't like from peers or people that you aspire to be and do a lot of preparation. But I think research and, and learning is the biggest thing. Like never stop learning. What about confidence tips? Like, I feel like you are someone who shows up and you're just like, I am going to be me. I'm going to be 100% myself and fun and just adorable. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> what are some tips you could give the audience just even if they don't want to be a on-camera host? It's really about your mindset. It's how you look at yourself, what you believe in yourself, because if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anyone else to? So you gotta you gotta know who you are and trust in your gut that you're doing always the right thing and that you're on the right path and just know it's you. And if they don't realize that, then they're the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you checked out the Fun Size Store yet? 
We've got a little bit of everything from tank tops to jeans to leggings and matching sports bras to dresses and even earrings, all designed specifically for powerfully petite women just like you. Just head on over to shopfunsize.com to check it all out. And as a special thank you for listening, use coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your first order. What can we expect next from you? I know you said you want to get more into the travel vlogs and stuff, but what's like your overarching goal with all of this? Uh, so I, I just want to keep doing what I've been doing. Um, it's been an interesting uh, experience. I don't want to use the word battle. Uh, experience adjusting to being in Florida because I'm kind of starting from scratch. You know, I spent over 10 years building a network and a name for myself in New York. And I came down here and knew no one and, you know, having to rebuild myself. And because so many other New Yorkers came down here, I'm not as big of a fish in a small pond that I thought I would be. So it's been just interesting figuring out the landscape down here of how the entertainment industry works. So I'm just trying to make myself as known in the state of Florida as possible and just keep doing what I'm doing. What was the decision to move to Florida for you? Like, why why did you decide to do that? Florida was the only place I visited in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, what was it? December 21, I guess, or 20, 20. Who knows anymore <laughs> what time frame anything was in, but I came down here and I didn't experience what the news was making it out to be. Like, I felt like people were just respectful and understanding and you were still able to live your life. And, you know, sure, people were at crowded bars, but I wasn't comfortable doing that. And so I chose not to go there. And it was more about having a choice. And I felt like in New York, it became very strict and very limiting on what you could do. And I didn't feel safe in New York anymore. I didn't feel happy. Um, I've always had my wits about me, you know, walking the streets of New York City, but I was looking over my shoulder more than I had ever in my entire life. And I was like, I need to make a change. And so because so what because of what I do, people always always assume it's either New York or LA. And I am not an LA person, like personally, Mm -hmm. it's just not my place, but I don't mind going there to visit, just not to live. And I knew that the entertainment industry existed in Florida to an extent from previous research. So I thought, okay, if I'm not going to go to LA, let me try Florida out. And that's kind of how it came to be. (laughs) Interesting. So you didn't like New York enough to ever want to go back is what I'm hearing. Right. Cause I, at first when you were saying, yeah, I just want to get out of the city because of the pandemic. Um, it almost sounded like you were trying out Florida or was it kind of just like a, I'm going to do this and I don't know what's going to happen. And that's the way it is. Uh, I mean, I felt like I was going to make it happen here in Florida. Um, I don't, I didn't have a choice. Like I wasn't giving myself a choice. Like I was going to make it work. I would never, mm-hmm. I never say never. So who knows what the future brings, but I think for a good amount of time, I'm, I don't plan on going back to New York anytime soon. 
I think a lot needs to change. And even the way the entertainment industry is ran in New York is still very restricting and it's make they make it very difficult to work. And so that was also part of the reason to move. So I got vaccinated, um, but I only did the first two shots. And once the two more boosters came out, they didn't consider you to be fully vaccinated unless you had all four shots. And I did not want to do that. So I was not getting jobs because I couldn't say that I was fully vaccinated anymore. And I just didn't want to deal with that. And even to this day, I see my friends on sets and they still have to wear masks. And like, it's fine if it's a personal choice, but I don't want to be forced into doing something like that, that I Mm -hmm. don't want to do. Plus it was horrible for my skin. Like I was breaking out like crazy with that mask (laughs) knee. Yeah. Oh my God. I could imagine. Speaking of your skin though, I know you have like skincare tips somewhere. I know I stumbled upon it somewhere. Um, I'd love to hear about that too. Cause I'm, I'm so curious cause I model, right? So I do some stuff on the side as a hobby, but I'm not on camera all the time. Like I haven't done anything since September of last year. So like, I couldn't imagine being on camera all the time. Cause I break out like crazy. Um, but I'm curious about like what your skincare tips would be and like how to look as pretty and flawless as you do all the time. Oh, that's sweet. Um, I guess I, I've gone to dermatologists. I think that's important. Like even when I was younger, I, uh, I, I, I would break out more frequently and it was a problem. And so actually it was a casting person who gave me the name of a dermatologist in New York that I went to and like helped me immensely. And I guess it's just figuring out your skin type and what works for you. I used to think I had sensitive skin and couldn't try different products, but I am currently like rotating. My night routine is different every night because I like to, I like to think that if you use the same thing over and over again, your skin's just going to get used to it. And I want to keep my skin guessing to an extent so that it keeps working. It's like a workout. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Every, every, it's your face is a muscle too. You know, baby. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, it's good to try out different products and, you know, if something's, if you notice something's irritating you, you got to change that right away. Actually, when I moved here, uh, I didn't realize the water was so harsh and, and, Mm -hmm. um, I was breaking out and I was like, I don't understand. And I, Finally, I met an esthetician and she told me it's the water. Like you need to get a filter and a softener. And I did that and it changed everything. Like I I was getting back knee for the first time in my life. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. What's happening? And she was like, it's the water. I I swear by water softeners. (laughs) They are fantastic. When I moved to Vegas, like it's so dry here. And so any sort of harsh water just makes everything Mm -hmm. 10 times worse. So the last house that we were in, my hair was like breaking like crazy. And I'm like, I can't with this, my hair. And so the next, um, the house we moved into recently, like it has a water softener and my hair was like instantly fixed within a couple months. So I was like, thank God. So yeah, I get it. Game changer. If you're, if you're having skin issues, Mm -hmm. check your water. Yeah. It could be the major thing. Mm -hmm. 
but I've always just been enjoy like enjoying skincare and I, I love beauty products. Like I've always been obsessed and playing with makeup. And uh, I think it's important just to segue into makeup. It's important to know how you like your face to look. And that's something I've learned on sets because I do my makeup a good amount of time for my shoots. And as much as it's nice to have a makeup artist that can like pamper you, they don't know your face the way you know your face and how you like to look. And so sometimes it's annoying that I have to get up earlier to do my own makeup, but I almost prefer that at times because I like my face to look a certain way. (laughs) So glad you say that because I feel the same way. Like anytime I've had makeup professionally done, I hate it. Like it's just, it's never been good. But do you tell them that you don't like it and ask them to fix it? I have before, um, but it usually never ends up being the way that I wanted it in the first place. Like it's, I don't know, maybe I just haven't found the right person, but no, I can agree. Like know your face and right. you do it better than anyone else. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> have you ever worked for any skincare companies, like done any projects with them? Yes. Uh, when I first started out, I did videos for Mario Badescu. Hmm. Um, and that was before they were popular. That was before they were in Urban Outfitters. And I didn't know of them. And I was like, this brand, like this looks so uh, not up to a quality that I thought it would be just like with the packaging and everything. I just I was like, oh, this this is interesting. Um, I, they had me in like a lab coat and I was just talking about their products. I don't even know if the videos ever made it to their website, but I have them. They exist. I did them. It wasn't a bad dream. (laughs) No, no, no. It was, it was fun videos to work on. Uh, their offices are based in New Jersey and, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, did I do anything else? Do you, have you done anything with any other brands like that where you're like, I've never heard of you before. And then like, after you do their project, you're like, I see them everywhere now. Yeah. Um, I did a campaign for Bobo's. They're the granola bar. Oh yeah. And they're actually very good. I had someone, he saw the ad air on like a streaming service and he was like, oh my God, I know her. And then the next time he saw me, he told me, And he said, okay, so do you really like them? Like, if you didn't have to promote them, like, did you actually enjoy them? And I was like, yeah, I really did. (laughs) They were actually really good. And I never had them before or even knew about them before uh, working for them. I guess that happens (laughs) semi-often. It just keeps it fun and exciting. It's just like the fun of you're never doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. What are some big name brands that you've worked with? uh Amtrak the train um Living Proof the hair uh hair brand Lowe's the hardware store Great Wolf Lodge um I did a few videos for them uh the hotel chain um I did another one for a hotel chain in Atlantic City called Oceans um I mentioned Bobos I'm probably um so the manufacturer for the faucets that's Groa Um, I did Spirit Airlines. I did, I'm probably like blanking on so many that I've done. Oh, I did um, Nectar Mattresses. Um, (laughs) There's like a ton. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you think has 
helped you become so successful? Like what did it, what is it about you that's just made it happen? Not giving up and not accepting no as like a stopper, like just keep going and just believing in myself that I can do this and making it happen. Yes. (laughs) And please tell the listeners where they can find you and your content and all that good stuff. I am findable, uh, Allison Berger. Findable. I'm a fun size findable (laughs) everywhere. Um, but it's Allison with two L's and a Y. And so I have a website, allisonberger.com, a YouTube channel, uh, search Allison Berger, Instagram's Allison Berger. I make it very simple, just the same across the board. The only difference is on TikTok, it's an Allison period burger. <laughs> Someone took me before I got the chance. I'll put all of those links in the show notes. Um, but one last question to wrap it all up, just for fun. If you could eliminate any short girl problem, what would it be? The short girl problem I would eliminate is not being able to reach things because that is the most difficult aspect. You need to find yourself a tall man. I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on and telling us about your inspiring story and journey and all that good stuff. And I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. 